You're listening to the UBC Medicine Learning Network. This is Morgan from the future. I'm in the editing room, and I just wanted to say that this episode was recorded before the new public health orders came down in BC on March 29th, 2021. We were following all the rules at the time of recording. Now, on with the episode. Have you been getting questions from patients about how immunizations might impact their lives and when they might be able to start going back to a new normal? Are you wondering what some of your patients might need to feel more secure in getting their own immunization? Have you realized that with the changes in public health guidelines in BC from Dr. Bonnie Henry and some longer cables, that we could actually do our first ever recording of primary care in a pandemic in person? Yeah, me too. Let's go. Sarah, I think I'm ready to podcast. This is Primary Care in a Pandemic. And thanks for joining us on what is basically our one-year anniversary. How do we want to start this one? Just about how exciting it is. I'm, I'm going to have to yell, Sarah, because we're like 20 feet apart here. But I think this is technically okay to podcast at this distance. We can see each other. I know. For in, the first time. In person. This is in the first life. time. The first time we've podcasted <laughs> together in person. And actually, this is the first time I've ever podcasted in person. So exciting. It's very cool. It's very cool. So we're sitting on my back deck. It's pouring rain. We almost canceled because of all the rain sounds. Yeah. But it's, we'll see how this works. It's lightening up a little bit. We're going to talk today about more about vaccine hesitancy and some of the questions that patients might have that we want to reassure them about the vaccines. And this sort of carries forward from our last one where I was on the hot seat. So now it's my turn. That's kind of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> And and a lot of um, what we're going to talk about today comes from the discussion that we had with a group of patients, getting their perspectives on what kind of questions they had for providers and what they would need to uh, feel safe, to feel comfortable accessing vaccine. I mean, let's start with that first question. So even if I'm not vaccinating, which I'm not right now, but what should I do as a primary care provider to help reassure my patients. What did you hear? I think we heard that there's all this excitement feeling around the vaccine and and a fair amount of hesitation and a lot of questions. And really, I think that's what we heard from providers that we're talking to right now who aren't vaccinating, but who keep getting all of these questions in their practices from their patients. And I think that a really valuable kind of part of the early work of getting through vaccine hesitancy is really being able to address people's questions and meet them where they're at. I think it's such an individual thing and a family thing. And even thinking in my own family, seeing very different risk profiles of people and and some people may be more or less hesitant or have different ideas about what's safe what's not safe and there's just it's just been such a year of negotiating all of these kind of things so the vaccine kind of feels like one more thing that all of a sudden people want to you know think about carefully yeah that's so obviously that patient centeredness figuring out what people's questions are is that's where we are as primary care providers it's about that relationship but 
Were there any themes that came out specifically? Yeah. So really there was three big themes. And the first one really, I think, was around access. Thinking through how am I going to be able to get the information that I need about the vaccine? And then how am I going to be able to physically get to the space that I need to get to? And really wanting those kind of process questions answered by providers. When am I going to know? What's the schedule going to be? Is it safe for me with all of these different kind of concerns? And what does that sort of access look like for me in my you know, individual context? Knowing those pieces is reassuring. Even if it's just the practical, tangible, you can get to that clinic from two different directions. I'm thinking about BC context because we've got the, the specific immunization clinics right now and, and not in communities. I've been asked, how do I get to UVic? Do I go this way or that way? And you know, I have to assure people like there's gonna be lots of signs and, but th those little tiny tangible things actually are where people are focusing, at least in my experience. And so being able to reassure about those, that's actually easy once you know where the sites are and things like that. And really, I think a really valuable reflection that came out of the patient group was really reassuring people with physical accessibility concerns that yes, the site is going to be accessible. This is how it's going to work getting through those things and having really clear expectations beforehand for people about what they can expect going in, how they need to prepare, and having that available, I think, in multiple languages was also something that we heard. So right. if that's a phone call beforehand with a patient or in a handout that you get, but people really want that tangible, like, I don't want to make a mistake in this very important process. There's a right. lot of responsibility, I think, that people feel. So they're, they're not hesitant about it. They just don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And it's having done it myself now, it's very well organized. These clinics are, you know, there's stickers everywhere. You just have to follow the arrows and you're going to get to some place. And if you get to the wrong place, there's somebody there to direct you to the right place. Can you describe what your process of going through yeah. the clinic was like? Yeah. So it was a place that I'd been to many times before is the, the gym at the university where I had done multiple exams. So my, my anxiety was already up remembering <laughs> what it was like in undergrad, but there was a very clear entrance and exit and signs on how to get there. It's a little hard to get to without your own transit. There's public transit, but it's not walkable from town. But once you got there, it was flat, smooth all the way in. So no, no stairs or anything like that to worry about. Somebody greeted me at a distance, reminded me to get some hand sanitizer, and then pointed me to the, the queue where I would line up to confirm my identification and my appointment. And then from there, I got to meet two wonderful nurses called Emily. <laughs> both both it was easy that way and uh, they were great went through all the questions i just sat there i had a short sleeve shirt on so it was really simple and they they gave me the vaccine it was actually that part didn't bug me at all it's a very small needle so people didn't really notice much which is great and then after that they had me go to another area where i sat down for 15 minutes and there was uh, another team member that was watching the group of us that were sitting there and at the 15 minute mark, I was allowed to go. And I proceeded to stand up and walk in the wrong direction. And I was politely redirected <laughs> to go out the back door. And so then I followed the arrows and off I went. It was oddly anticlimactic, Sarah. Right. You know, I think, and there's two parts to that. Like there's the walking out the door and you expect there to be fireworks or something. And there was, I just walked out and I had to go to my car. But the getting the vaccine is also anticlimactic in the days afterwards. Right. Because you don't develop your immunity. And it takes that takes weeks. So this everything was exactly the same. Oh, so you're killing all my hopes and dreams of uh, an immediate party after. <laughs> no, there's no immediate party afterwards. But I have to say, I went to a grocery store for the first time. 
this week in a long time. We've been, as you know, very cautious and we have you know, lots of things being delivered and things like that. It was a bit of a candy store when I went into the grocery store. I was wearing my mask and everything else, but it was, I was like, I could get some of those and there's this chocolate I can get. <laughs> so I had a good time at the grocery store, but it was three weeks after my shop. And I think having really clear expectations for patients about the anticlimactic nature of just because you get your shot doesn't mean you have immunity and when will you have immunity and what does it mean for your interactions with people in your family who haven't been vaccinated. And, and that, I think, was the other big side of kind of the personal preparation was the other big theme that came out from our conversations, really those concerns for family and particularly recognizing that a lot of the people we were talking to were in the older age cohorts. So we're really concerned about when can I see my family? Is it safe for me to see them, not from my perspective, but for me potentially bringing COVID to someone who hasn't been immunized once I have been, yeah. those kind of questions. So I was on a panel this week and we don't know for sure that we're going to truly reduce the spread with the vaccination. We will definitely reduce the severity and that's what the studies looked at. It looks like we're going to be reducing the spread with, with the vaccine, but there's that whole question of asymptomatic or perisymptomatic, posisymptomatic, very mild disease and can't you get that and then are you contagious? And there's some evidence to say that's reduced but not eliminated. So it, it is tricky. It's not that you're invincible and immune, but you're not gonna get really sick and, and you're not gonna die. And that's the huge thing for all the vaccines. But then with our delay in the second dose and the fact that we're doing this in a stage rollout, things haven't changed much, but that's not gonna change for a long time. And that's hard, right? To get yeah. that idea, I think, across to people who you know have really have been making an effort for so what feels like so long like a drastic change in social circles and a, a really massive culture shift to then feel like vaccine is the end of it but it's not really right to have that sort of letdown i think is yeah. like that's going to be tough and even knowing it you still, it's still can't, not the same. <laughs> it's still not the same you expect something magical is going to happen afterwards and it is happening but it's slow. I read something that someone wrote about how they never expected the end of the coronavirus kind of time to be so tough. Right. Right. Like you are building up towards what is as an end point and recognizing that it's going to be a process. It's not going to be a, a switch. Right. Yeah. One of the things with this, this whole global issue is that it is a whole global issue that's affecting us all. And I was wondering if you chatted with patients about how they wanted to contribute to the vaccine effort. I know for me, it's an exciting thought that I can start giving vaccine to my patient. And I'm just wondering about what did patients have to say? We heard a really clear message of this idea of really wanting to support the system and what could individuals do to support the system, whether it be following protocols and being safe themselves, but also this idea of like, how can I volunteer? How can I get involved? This is going to be a big effort. If we're going to be doing these kind of big clinics, which it looks like in BC, most of the rollout is going to be happening through these. Thinking about that volunteer role was something that patients were really keen on. I think that's great. And we definitely do need the help. And if anybody wants to, I think it's a very positive way. The I'm going to just keep carrying on doing my own social isolation and hand washing. It's a huge contributor to the success of us getting through this. But helping with the vaccine program is, is that positive versus that not spreading things. It's helping get us to to the end of this. And yeah, I definitely welcome patients to, to get engaged. And I think another idea that came out as part of that was the idea of supporting caregivers 
and how patients, particularly once they've been vaccinated, could take more of a role in supporting caregivers and what supports for caregivers of people who are going to get vaccinated because they fall into those higher risk groups might look like if caregivers themselves aren't vaccinated in the same cohort. So that was another thing that yeah. really came out of those conversations. Yeah, it, it's where do you draw those lines of who gets vaccinated, who doesn't, and then what are the social um, circles and what are the the other non-social necessarily, so caregivers that are perhaps coming in and out. I think from a care provider perspective, we've done a pretty good job in prioritizing but then there's all the informal caregivers. Yeah, and that's really, I think, yeah. where it's the informal caregivers, that, that the patient conversations. Which I think when we did the early wave uh, phase one vaccines, we, and then we named our essential caregiver in the long-term care facilities, I think that was a very smart thing to do. Oh, yeah. And it, it was, yeah, I've heard what a positive impact that's had in, in the different uh, care homes. You know, even though... I'm hearing that once you get the vaccine, it's not over. And I'm just, I'm so excited. Yeah. So the great news is that the dates keep changing. And they keep in, getting moved up. In the right direction. Exactly. Right? So I, I heard today that we're talking about when people below 70 can start booking their appointments. Yeah. And we're still not out of March yet. And the original plan was that people over 80 would be starting to book their appointments this week. And now we're talking about people in their 60s. So... That's huge. a huge change. Yeah. And I think really speaks to the amazing effort that's going on across the system right now to really get this mobilized. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It is exciting. And it's cold out here. <laughs> <laughs> so how about we wrap it up here? Sounds good. We'll, we'll check it out on the other side. And yeah, this was fun to do it in person. It's been so fun to see you. I know. Even the way over there in the distance. Right? Yeah. Great. And we'll have to, tell, have to tell Bonnie Henry that we measured all the distances to make sure we we're multimeters apart. Exactly. This has been a presentation of the UBC Medicine Learning Network. 